Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It was a wild divisional round weekend, and we have a ton to talk about. With me to break things down this week is Ian McMillan, a writer over at OddShark.com. You can find him on Twitter at IanMacOS. Ian, thanks for coming back on. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It was an absolute whirlwind of a weekend of games, some wild games. So, yeah, let's get into it. You knew one of the big favorites was going to lose, right? I mean, the books aren't going to take a bath on all these money line parlays. You knew that somewhere, one of these teams, either the Chiefs or the Ravens, probably something was going to go crazy. I mean, I didn't expect it, but I mean, this is the way it works, right? This is how gambling works. The unexpected happens, and somehow I'm sure the books made a total killing on that game. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, like something I was looking at all week was I was tempted. I looked at it almost every day. I was tempted just to take a three-team money line parlay of the 49ers, Ravens, and Chiefs. But something kept telling me, no, one of those teams are going to lose. And sure enough, they did. So I'm glad I held off on that. Now, you've been on quite a run, actually, lately. I mean, I follow you on Twitter. You've been doing very well with your picks. Did that hold for the divisional round in the NFL? Or did you uh, take a bath like a lot of betters? Yeah, no, I've uh, yeah, I've done pretty well this year. That held uh, in the divisional round. It went 3-1-1. One, and one in the divisional round that I lost in the last game the my Packers Seahawks pick so six one and one total in the NFL playoffs so far so I'm doing well all right let's keep it going then into next week so we are doing things a little bit differently this week we usually record and publish on Monday night but we figured why wait football's fresh on everyone's mind let's just jump into it so we are recording this on Sunday night like right after the Seahawks Packers game ended Because there are only two games next week, we're going to change it up a little bit for this early show. We're going to break down each of the divisional weekend's games first before looking ahead to next week. And if you are at all familiar with my work, you know that this is my happy place because I host the Sunday Night Recap Show for the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. So I am all about breaking things down with zero time to think about them. So let's just jump in right here with the 49ers 27 Vikings 10. This was a seven point spread and it wasn't something I personally really wanted to get involved with at that number. The key number, it honestly felt like a little bit of value on the Vikes to me, but nothing I really wanted to trust. But as I mentioned on Thursday, I felt extremely confident that the 49ers were going to win this one. I talked about on Thursday's show, Quan Alexander, D Ford coming back with Tart. I mean, the key defenders on defense returning, I thought they'd be able to get pressure on Cousins without blitzing, which they did. Six sacks. The passing offense for the Vikings cannot get anything going. The defense is completely the defense completely shuts down uh dalvin cook just nine rushes for 18 yards uh the offense meanwhile after the garoppolo interception they got conservative a bit garoppolo attempts only 19 passes throws for 131 yards and a touchdown with the one pick the running backs tally 42 carries 22 for tevin coleman of course for 105 yards and two scores raheem mostert 12 for 58 Matt Breida, 8 for 17. He does lose a fumble at the end. I believe Mostert hurt his calf at some point in the second half. Doesn't sound too severe, and there's rumors that Coleman banged up his elbow. So doesn't sound like either one's availability for next week's game against the Packers is in doubt. But we'll break down that specific matchup with the Packers in a bit. But, I mean, after seeing this game, you have to be pretty impressed with the 49ers, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they they look like a complete team offense, defense I mean, I thought the 49ers in this game, I thought this was was this was the pick I was the most confident in this weekend. I think there was a lot of recency bias from the Vikings beating the Saints last weekend, but Kirk Cousins on the road, West Coast this time. They were playing on a grass field. It wasn't a dome like they were playing against the Saints. So I think it was a little bit of recency bias went into that line. So I liked the 49ers. That's why, that's why I took them to minus seven. I wasn't too afraid of that big spread. 
the big thing is the 49ers defense and, and, and throughout the whole season, they've been like a top two, top three defensive unit the entire season. And not too many people are talking about that, especially uh, their pass defense as well. Outside of that long uh, pass, I believe that was to Diggs or, uh, uh, yep. right early in the game to make Correct. it 7-7. Yep. Other than that long pass, they completely contained the passing game um, w- with uh, at least one interception. I know Richard Sherman got an interception. Was it one interception or two? Uh, such a whirlwind of games because that was no. the first one but at least one interception there I mean that 49ers pass defense is might be the best pass defense in, in the league right now definitely the best pass defense left out of the teams that are left so uh, 49ers they are looking good yeah I mean for me again part of the reason why I didn't feel comfortable at the seven is just I mean as good as the 49ers are they just they've played a ton of close games right I mean basically the last five or six weeks they're they're within one score when they were winning so it, they just didn't strike me as the type of team that's going to be able to necessarily blow out the Vikings who I kind of feel like were a little underrated you know I, I get that everybody was jumping on them because of they the fact that they went into New Orleans and beat the Saints but you know part of the thing with them is you know, they were dealing without a healthy Adam Thielen for a long time without a healthy Dalvin Cook. So with both of those guys back, and of course you have this weird injury where Thielen apparently gets spiked, you know, during practice and, and kind of almost messes up his Achilles or something like that. So there were all these weird things that went into it, but I, you made the key point, which is the defense. It was one interception, by the way, I just confirmed that, but it's Quan Alexander coming back, which I did not expect to necessarily see him at all for the remainder of the season. D Ford, who didn't play a full complement of sna- of snaps, but he's able to get pressure so easily when you combine him with Bosa in particular, you know, and Armstead. And then Tart out there just kind of helps the entire defense. And again, it's got an elite pass defense coming in, of course, but Tart coming back really also kind of made everything just whole. And you see, especially playing at home, We'll get into that game against the Packers, but it's right now they just look really scary. Does it worry you at all? I mean, look, they had the game. It wasn't, though, like they were way ahead the entire time. I mean, they wound up winning 27-10. But, again, after Garoppolo threw that pick, which was, you know, not a, a great pick. I mean, he just didn't he just didn't view the defender coming in. They went really, really conservative on offense, and they just ran the ball. You know, they obviously had that driver. They ran it eight times straight to get in. Does it worry you at all coming in as to whether, you know, Garoppolo is up for the task? You know, he's got at least one more game, possibly two, if, if he makes it to the Super Bowl. Considering, I mean, he attempted only 19 passes, 131 yards. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be able to get it done. Or do you just think that they said, you know, we've got this game where just going to rely on our run game because we think our defense can hold the fort. I mean, if, for most cases, if you, if you can just run the ball and if you're as successful at it as the 49ers are, why even why do you need to pass the ball? So, I mean, running the ball is a little bit less risky. Grappolo has, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from because I've kind of slightly questioned the ball season, but he's played very solid throughout the entire season. He didn't, he hasn't really had any games where like, oh, geez, that was a stinker. Sure. Um, and I think a huge advantage the 49ers have, and I think was, this was actually showed uh, pretty clearly in this game against the Vikings, is the coaching advantage. I think Kyle Shanahan is a fantastic coach. I love how much he uses motion on offense. It's something like 78% of his plays, they do uh, motion pre-snap, which is really interesting when you watch that. And of course, me being a former Falcons fan, I cry a little bit every time I see Kyle Shanahan having success, him and Tevin Coleman, because of course, he was the Falcons offensive coordinator uh, when they sure. went to the Super Bowl and they let him go. So I'm a big Kyle Shanahan fan. I think I think he is one of the best coaches in the NFL right now. And I think that showed a lot in that Vikings game. And, and we're going to see, I mean, we're going to talk about the game against the Packers here shortly, but 
Uh, I think we're going to, we might see that uh, a battle, a couple newish head coaches there uh, next weekend. And I think Kyle Shanahan's going to keep shining. Yeah, I, I think he is too. And speaking of uh, winning games when your quarterback doesn't have to do much, let's move on to the Titans 28, Ravens 12. As we said, you know, this was the one game. I, I got to imagine that whatever else happened this weekend for the books, the fact that this blew up all the money line parlays um, just completely made their weekend. Uh, the Titans, they control this game pretty much the entire way through. Ryan Tannehill does almost nothing. Again, seven completions, 88 yards. He does throw the two touchdowns. It's all Derrick Henry again. 30 carries, 195 yards. Despite the fact that, I mean, he was, you watch that game. He's facing eight-man fronts constantly in that game, and he's just plowing right through him. He also throws for a touchdown, crying out loud. I mean, I, I think that really leads just to the one big question that most people have coming out of that game. How much would someone have to offer you to attempt to tackle Derrick Henry coming at you with a full head of steamy? And what's the number? <laughs> ah, I'd do for free. Just see if I could do it. I used to play football back in the day. I played a little bit of college football up here in Canada as well. I was a running back, so I was the one getting hit uh, like Derrick Henry. He's, I mean, he's a beast, no doubt about it. Um, I'd like to see if I could. I, I mean, I'm sure I couldn't, but it'd be fun. I, okay, I wouldn't but- mind being run over. I've been run over a couple times in, 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 in my career, so... Yeah. All right. I just want you to know that's a, that's a terrible answer. The correct answer is $16,480. All right. But meanwhile, the Ravens in this game, they're just off. They dropped a ton of passes. Lamar Jackson turned the ball over three times. Mark Ingram was banged up. At first, let me just ask, is this a game you feel like the Titans, you know, really won and they took it? Or is this a game that the Ravens just kind of gave it to them? Oh, I th- I think the Titans won. I think they took it. I think I think they they did what they had to do. And it, it, just to stay on the topic of Derrick Henry there, and what I find most impressive about Derrick Henry, and it showed quite a bit in this game. And I think they briefly mentioned uh, mentioned it during the uh, broadcast as well. It's not necessarily the big runs that he keeps busting off. It's when guys get in the backfield, and then he still ends up getting like a four or five yard gain. It's insane. Yeah. It's like almost, he almost doesn't even need an offensive line. He's going to get four yards. Every single time that he touches the ball, it's absolutely insane. Titans did exactly what they had to do. Their game plan was fantastic. I was impressed with what Mike Frabel brought to the table that game. I love how he's doing like workouts with some of the other guys on the team right before kickoff. I think that's hilarious. He's passionate, and I think uh, the whole team, after that Patriots win, they came into this game with a lot of confidence, and that's just going to keep rolling. I, 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 I like the Titans right now. I think they're kind of one of those surprise teams, like uh, like we kind of saw the Giants there a handful of years ago, like a 9-7 and seven team going to the playoffs. They're just hitting their stride at the perfect time, and uh, I'm, it's, I'm interested to see what they're going to do next week. But, yeah, I think the Titans won that game. The other thing I'm, I'm kind of – Baltimore, they were rusty. I think that was very clear that they were rusty. I don't know if I agree with their decision of sitting all their important starters in Week 17 when they had the bye week the next week. I mean, that's two full weeks they completely took off. I think that kind of showed that, uh, this weekend. Yeah, although to be fair, again, you know, the Chiefs came out completely flat and they played everybody right in week 17 so you never really know what it was and again you know with the with the Ravens the only thing I'll say is as much as you know the Titans really they they were the better team on that day in my opinion I agree with you there you know that the Ravens never get stopped on fourth down and and you know they went for it a couple times and they didn't get it they make it both those times the game might be completely different right I mean it's those little things that sort of happen in that game but I agree with you. The Titans right now, look, they're extremely strong defensively. Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's not being asked to do all that much. 
but he's playing smart football, right? He's, you know, you can see him when he knows it's not there. He's not going to take usually the killer sack and he's not going to try to force it into coverage. He's going to throw it away. He's going to protect them. And Derrick Henry is a beast running the ball. I mean, you said it. The number of times where he runs into the line and it's like, all right, there is nothing there. And he just sort of plows forward for five yards. I mean, there is a huge difference when you're looking at second and five as opposed to second and eight. As much as the NFL has changed, if you play lockdown defense, if you can run the ball, you've got a chance to do something in the playoffs, right? So, I mean, I'm in agreement with you. I'm really interested to see where they go forward. Do you think, to be honest, that this team has a chance? I mean, there's only four teams left, so yeah, they've got a chance, but a realistic chance to win the Super Bowl. Yes, I I, I think they do. And, and with the point that you mentioned about Tannehill is, is, is dead on. He's been very efficient. I think that's the word I've been kind of using for Ryan Tannehill. He's making the throws he has to make. He's not making too many mistakes. Um, he's only had one interception the last four games that he started in. He's doing exactly what he needs to do. He's managing the game, and he's just letting uh, uh, Derrick Henry take over. So, yeah, I mean, if they can get through the Patriots and the Ravens, they can beat anyone. So why not? Why not yeah. win the Super Bowl? And you keep waiting for their efficiency in the red zone to die out, but it's just not. I mean, yeah. every time they get in the red zone, they're basically scoring a touchdown. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll break down that game against the Chiefs in a minute. But before we move on and talk about today's games, I do want to tell everyone about the sponsor of the today's show, BetMGM, and specifically the BetMGM Sports app. Look, If you've heard me talk about this app before, just listen closely this time because I've got a pretty good real-life example today of why it pays to sign up. With the BetMGM Sports app, you can place a bet right from your phone. Just search for the BetMGM Sports app in your app store, download it, and sign up for an account. If you sign up, you're going to want to use our promo code HARRIS because when you do, you get a risk-free $500 bet. If you lose your first bet, BetMGM is going to refund it up to $500 for future wagers. And let me just explain the wonders of the free wager of up to $500. If you feel real good about a bet, then great. Go ahead and use your $500 wager on that. Alternatively, a listener who had just signed up for BetMGM and had lost his first bet of $400 had the free bet. Now, he took my advice this week and placed a large wager on the two-team teaser of the 49ers laying one and teasing the total on the Packers and the Seahawks game up to 53 and taking the under. So he reached out to me after the 49ers won and asked if I had any bets I felt great about for the rest of the divisional round so he could use his free wager. I noticed that the Packers-Seahawks total had dropped to 46 at one point. So I said, given what he's got riding on the under 53 on that game, take his free $400 bet take the over on the 46. If the game went over 46, he wins his free bet. The game goes under 53, he wins his teaser. The game lands between 46 and 53, he wins both. And it was dicey for a minute, but he did middle it. He won both bets and he's a happier man for it. Having a free bet is not only like having an extra life, but it's also a great way to try to maximize your winning. So again, download the BetMGM Sports app, sign up for an account, use our promo code Harris, and get your risk-free $500 bet. These winnings are paid in free bets. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet, and certain restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions, and if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Ian, let's get to the real wild one. The Chiefs 51, Texans 31. All I could say is thank goodness for in-game wagering, okay? I mean, I felt relatively confident, even when the Chiefs fell way behind, that they were going to find a way to win that game. It's Bill O'Brien, it's Patrick Mahomes, but 
It's 14 nothing. The Texans are about to come in for another score. And you know that scene from Braveheart, the first big battle where the cavalry is charging and Mel Gibson is screaming, hold, hold. <laughs> of and then, course. Right? And then finally the cavalry gets just close enough and he screams, no! And they all pick up the long sticks as a defense. That's legit how I felt as I'm watching the in-game odds. It's 14 nothing. The Chiefs are still in-game two-point favorites. It's 21 nothing, And the money line is still just like plus 130 on the Chiefs. I'm like, hold, hold. Hold and finally it's 24 nothing. The in-game money line on the Chiefs is like plus 210, and they're getting seven. And I'm like, no, and that made up for a long weekend. But that is really one of the reasons why, if you are gambling, make sure you're paying attention to in-game wagers because there's certainly a way to maximize your winnings. Anyway, the Chiefs went crazy. Fourth biggest comeback in playoff history. Travis Kelsey and Damian Williams score three touchdowns each. Mahomes throws for five touchdowns. The offense looks borderline unstoppable. The defense, however, obviously struggled for at least the first half. Deshaun Watson threw for 388 yards, two touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, they each had at least 80 yards receiving. So you've got a game where the Chiefs were down 24-0 at home against a mediocre team, but they ultimately win in a blowout. Do you feel better about the Chiefs, worse about the Chiefs, or the same that you felt coming in about the Chiefs? I think through all of that, I think I feel the same about the Chiefs, to be completely honest. I mean, I just have to say that was probably one of the most wild football games I've ever watched. I mean, I, I, even though last year wasn't a huge comeback, I was thinking of uh, last year's Chiefs and Rams Monday night game, just with yes. how many points were scored. Just an insane game to watch. I was just laughing out loud watching the game. It was it was nuts to see that twenty. And then they not only did they make the comeback from twenty four nothing, they did it all in one quarter. They were winning at halftime. Uh, it was insane. But that's I mean that that is the Chiefs. They are extreme. They have an extremely explosive offense that can do that to any team. And don't forget, Tech the Texans were one of the worst defenses all year as well. So it wasn't totally surprising to see an explosive offense like that put up 51 points against that bad of a defense. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's kind of what I expected. Also, I think Bill O'Brien kind of shot himself in the foot there a couple times when they did have the lead as well. Um, so it wasn't totally surprising, but, man, that was a fun game to watch. Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel a little worse about them. And that, that sounds insane, right? Because they just had this incredible comeback. They wound up winning by 20 points. But you said it. The Texans do not have an imposing defense, right? I mean, you should be able to basically do what you want to do after they're coming off a very hard-fought game against the Bills. You've had, you know, a week to rest. And again, you're not supposed to really be rusty. You had the game against the Chargers in Week 17 where you should be ready to go. And the fact that they fall behind like that initially is kind of scary, especially because one of the reasons I really like the Chiefs is how well the defense had been playing, right? I mean, realistically, they had just started to put it all together over the last, I don't know, five or six weeks. They were holding opponents way down. I don't know whether or not it was the injury to Thornhill or whatever that kind of messed them up a little bit, but it makes me a little worried about them because, you know, they're going to go up against the Titans. And again, we'll talk about that game specifically in a minute, but I don't think they're going to be able to just do whatever they want offensively. I mean, the Titans are in a completely different class off uh, defensively than the Texans. And I realize that the Texans beat the Titans a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, but that's just kind of what football in right now, you don't really feel confident that, you know, the Texans would be able to hang with the Titans if they played with them. The Titans defense is very strong. They're playing well. You know, given the struggles of the Chiefs defense, this actually makes me a little more worried about them than I was coming in. Is that crazy? No, I mean, no, that's not crazy at all. 
Um, and to be honest, like you said, I mean, we're going to talk about this AFC Championship game here soon, but I'm I, just from a betting perspective, I'm kind of glad that they had that such a huge offensive burst there because the public is, I, mean, I guarantee you, the public's going to love them next week because of that recency bias. And I, I think just because that offensive explosion, I mean, 51 points, the public's going to see that, and I think they're going to they're going to bet on them. So yep. from the, I like that, and we're going to get in that game here soon. But I, yeah, I mean, I wasn't too sold on the Chiefs going into the game to begin with, though. So that's why I kind of still feel the same. That's kind of what I expected. I, I their defense is, is decent. They're not great. They're not bad. I mean, Deshaun Watson is a winner, so I think you have to kind of put you have to take that in consideration as well he was going to have a good game today regardless I think it's Deshaun Watson he can bring it uh when the pressure's on so I think part of that was just kind of Deshaun Watson doing Deshaun Watson things as well so I think you have to kind of take that in consideration I think that's certainly a fair spin so we'll talk about that uh Titans Chiefs game in a second but first let's get to the last game of this past weekend Packers 28 Seahawks 23 this ended right before we started recording so it's real fresh in our minds uh I don't think it's rocket science to say that the Seahawks should probably just let Russell Wilson do his thing right from the start instead of trying to run the ball with you know old and backup running backs that's a story for another time though I'm interested to hear your thoughts here because this feels like another game in a long list of games for the Packers where you leave and you think they're not that good of a team I mean Aaron Rodgers 16 of 27 for 243 yards and two touchdowns both to Devontae Adams who had a huge game with 160 yards I'll admit that Rodgers made a couple of incredible throws especially right at the end there to Devontae Adams where he just dropped it in. Aaron Jones rushes 21 times, only 62 yards. He does score two touchdowns. I mean, the Seahawks are not a particularly imposing defense, so they didn't look great offensively here. The defense for the Packers, they do sack Russell Wilson five times, but it certainly didn't have this dominant defensive effort feel to the whole thing. So I asked it with the Chiefs, how about the Packers after this game? Better, worse, the same? How are you feeling? This, uh, yeah, the same. I'm, I'm not a huge believer in, in the Packers. I think, to be completely frank and blunt, I think they're one of the worst 13-3 teams ever. Um, and actually, if you look at the stats, they, are, they do have the worst point differential, like the plus-minus point di- differential of any 13-3 team ever. They barely held on to that against the Seahawks. And I, I read something um, earlier today about the Seahawks. If you took every single score uh, game that was decided by a single score in the NFL season this year and flipped the result. Uh, the Seahawks would have been the worst team in the NFC. They would have been three and 13 if you flipped all those single score games. So the Seahawks really weren't that great of a team and the Packers barely held on to that win. I mean, a big reason of that, but just because like you said, Russell Wilson can just completely take over the game. And that's why the Seahawks got into the playoffs just because of Russell Wilson. So, but I mean, for the Packers to have impressed me, they would have had to really have handled uh, the Seahawks and they did at the start, but then they let them completely climb back in and the Seahawks could have won that game. If Russell Wilson didn't take that sack there um, on third down, the Seahawks could have went down and and scored a touchdown and won the game. So I'm not sold on the Packers uh, whatsoever. And and that's, that's how I felt going into it. I didn't bet on a side in this game. I I ended up taking the under. So I, I lost, that was my first loss in the NFL playoffs, but I didn't really trust either offense, but that's why I didn't bet on the side because I think both the Seahawks and the Packers aren't as good as the records have shown. So I didn't believe in the Packers before the game. I don't believe in the Packers moving forward. Yeah, I completely agree. And the thing is, it's probably not going to be an issue next week, but they have to learn how to essentially 
put their foot on the throat of their opponents, right? Because the second half, they barely score. They they just they just ease up and they sort of play keep away. And it, it really could have and probably should have cost them in this game because you're right. I mean, that last drive, Wilson got the ball back with, you know, four or five minutes left and you thought, okay, he can drive him right down and score the touchdown. So, yeah, I have a feeling, Ian, that you and I are probably both going to be looking at the games next week similarly, but uh, I agree. I, I was not impressed with this performance. And again, the Seahawks aren't that good a team. I mean, it, it's really Wilson. So the fact that the Packers wound up victorious in their home field by five points, not like a huge sign that, wow, this team really has what it what it takes. Uh, I'm certainly worried about them going into San Francisco next week, and we'll talk about that in a second. But before we do, I want to remind everyone about our giveaway. It's a signed Michael Thomas Saints helmet running through the end of January. You can go to bettingpros.com slash contest for more details. But to enter, just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. If you have already entered a prior contest, you're automatically entered for this one, so you don't have to worry about that. The Thomas helmet comes from our friends over at Pristine Auction, where they offer a ton of great memorabilia with thousands of auctions every single day. Just go to pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. When you go there, use our promo code BETTINGPROS. You can win a free $5 voucher instantly. All right, enough about this past week, and let's move on to next week. The Chiefs are hosting the Titans. So the early consensus lines here, and I want to stress this, you, they're probably all over the point, the place. At this line in particular, I've seen differences of two points. But the consensus line I've got right now is the Chiefs laying 7.5 with the total at 51.5. So, again, I've seen this at 9.5 at some places when they open. I don't know where they're coming, but it's going to move around. So bear that in mind. But for our purposes, we'll take it at the Chiefs laying 7.5 with a total at 51 and a half. It's a really interesting game to me. I mean, they've obviously, they've met before the Titans won 35-32, although they probably did not deserve to win that game. But forget that for a second. Go back to the middle of the year. There became this formula for trying to beat the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, right? Run the ball a ton, control the clock, keep Mahomes off the field. That's how the Colts did it when they won. That's how the Texans did it when they won. And that's really the exact formula that the Titans look to use in pretty much every game. And you look at this game with the Chiefs putting up 51, and you think, how is any defense supposed to stop Mahomes at this point? But the Titans just legitimately shut down what looked to be the most unstoppable offense in the NFL. So, look, you've had a couple of minutes to digest this entire weekend. How do you feel here with the consensus line just over a touchdown and the big total at 51 and a half? I absolutely love the Titans. I, I mean, I touched on the, on this earlier. I think it's the recency bias of seeing the Chiefs put up that many points is why the line is where it's at right now. The big thing I'm looking at, I mean, we have, a, like you mentioned, these two teams played earlier in the season, so we can, I mean, it's going to be different. They're going to make co- coaching changes or strategy changes, I should say, heading into this game. But the big thing that I'm looking at when I look at the box score of their 35-32 win over the Chiefs earlier in the season, Derrick Henry in that game, 23 carries, 188 yards, two touchdowns. That's an average of 8.2 yards per carry in that game. So you're, you're giving a team more than a touchdown worth of points in a game where they beat them earlier in the year and their star player, who they're leaning on now in the playoffs, just absolutely torched them. That doesn't make any sense to me, especially with, I mean, the Titans have to be riding high right now. The amount of confidence they have to be feeling going into this game after beating the Patriots, after beating the top team in the league, the Ravens, I mean, they are going to be a very confident team heading into this year. Now, when they did play early in the season, it was in Tennessee, so this time it is obviously going to be in Kansas City, so that might make a little bit of a difference, uh, but I absolutely love the Titans at that number. 
I think I think I should lock that in soon because I think money might start to come in on the Titans once people get over the recency bias of seeing the Chiefs put up 51 points there today. So I think it might be good to, to get in on the Titans early. Um, as far as the total, I, I think I would have to lean. I, I would have to lean the over. I mean, Patrick Mahomes would put up 50, 51 points today, and then Derrick Henry is going to get them a lot of a lot of yards and points there when when they play as well. So I'd have to lean the over a little bit. It makes me a little bit nervous because anytime there's there's a team that runs the ball a lot, I think you want to look more at the under because the more you run the ball, obviously the more clock you eat up, uh, which is less time for points. But at that number where it's at right now, I, I would lean the over in that. So I like the Titans in the over. Yeah, I like the Titans too. Uh, as long as it's above a touchdown, I do. Do you have any interest, by the way? I mean, the Titans are plus two eighty-five on the money line. That that doesn't really entice me there. I, no. I feel like I need the points, but I'm just wondering about you. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't take no. Uh, I yeah. mean, I was on Titans plus ten against the Ravens, and in hindsight, obviously, I wish I took that huge as like a plus three fifty money sure. line. So maybe I should learn from that mistake and sprinkle the money line a little bit this weekend. But no, I think I'll st- I think I'll just stick with the uh, with with with, uh, with the points. And, yeah. and you and you mentioned that briefly there too. As long as it stays at seven or above, that's where like the Titans, if it dips below that magic number of seven, and that's that's where I, I I would be a little bit more cautious. Yeah, I completely agree. I above seven, I like the uh, Titans. It, it's interesting because you mentioned it. So you think that this, as the week goes on, is probably going to come down then, right? I don't know. I mean, maybe because I I just think it opened up such a big line because of the game today. We saw the Chiefs put up 51 points in three quarters. So I I, I would think maybe people are going to start thinking about a little bit more logically as the week goes on and sharp money is probably going to come in on the Titans, I would think. Yes. Yes, I, I yeah, I, this, I would think it would, it's going to get closer, closer. I, it's going to uh, go lower as the week goes on. I don't know why. I guess I, I feel that this is the way it's going to go because you've got the Titans who have just knocked off the Patriots and the Ravens. So you feel like that the public would be on them, but I feel like the public is the you know the public's going to just be enamored of the fifty-one points, yeah. right? And Patrick Mahomes and just going yeah. to want to go all over the Chiefs. And I agree that the Sharps are probably going to be hitting the Titans, and that's going to at least keep it in check. But, yeah, I don't have a good feeling for it, but I agree with you that I'm going to get a planet now while it's 7.5 because I do like that number. And it could, you know, it's not going to rise anywhere crazy. It's not going to go up to, like, 10 or anything like that. So, you know, as long as you're above 7, you know, the difference between 7.5, 8, 8.5, it's not that big a deal. So I feel like locking in it now. And with the total, look, I, I hate to say it. I mean, I, I went with the under this week, which was over by halftime. So <laughs> it's certainly not something that I feel great about. I would still lean the under here, man. I mean, I, I get it. I just I, I see this as more of, you know, the, the Titans putting up a pretty big defensive uh, effort going into this game. And, you know, I could see it being eh, closer. I, it's probably not one that I'm going to pull the trigger on. But at, at the opening number, despite what, you know, the fact that the Chiefs basically just went over this number by themselves, um, I think I would still probably lean towards the under, but not enough to make a play on it. 49ers hosting the Packers. So the early consensus lines again, the 49ers laying seven with the total at 45. Another rematch here. The previous game in week 12 was a dominant performance by the Niners. 37 to eight. Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times. George Kittle had 129 yards. Look, it's a significant spread. Both these spreads are pretty significant for a conference. You know, seven points in a playoff game. It's no joke. I think I know how you feel here. I think I probably feel the same, but what are your thoughts here on the spread of seven with the total of 45? Yeah, just just quickly mentioned two pretty big spreads for, for championship games. I'm going to look into it tomorrow, but I wonder if this is the first time that both championship games have been uh, lines of a touchdown or more. That's kind of interesting. Um, but yes, 
Uh, I am definitely going with the 49ers here. I just think they're underrated and the Packers are overrated. I mean, I've said I've said my piece about the Packers. I think they're the worst 13-3 and team uh, ever. And now they're going on the road. They got to go to San Francisco, where where they just they got walloped in San Francisco earlier in the season. I, I love the 49ers. I love their coaching. I think I think this is another game where there's going to be coaching advantage. I, I'm not a huge fan of Matt Lafleur, and I think that was part of the reason why they barely squeaked by the Seahawks today. I didn't love the uh, the game plan by Matt Lafleur. So in a coaching matchup between him and Kyle Shanahan as well, I love Kyle Shanahan in that coaching matchup. I just I I don't see how the Packers are going to be able to slow down the 49ers and then I don't see how the Packers are going to score points either so I mean the spreads at seven I would even take the 49ers close to at like nine and a half I would probably still take the 49ers I might even take the 49ers if it was 10 uh so at seven yes give me that all day yeah I'm gonna like I don't see this dropping under a touchdown if it does I'm pushing all my chips into yeah. the middle on, on the 49ers for sure if you get it at six and a half or something like that but I agree with you. I like it at seven. I, I think this is finally going to be the game. I mean, well, look, I mean, you go back to the game they played against the Niners earlier and you were like, oh boy, this is not, these two teams are not in the same class. Nothing has changed uh, at all. And, you know, with the 49ers just being healthy, I mean, the one thing people forget, they hadn't had a bye since week four. I mean, they were exhausted. They were banged up. They had that bye. They got healthy. Bosa is a maniac and he's just, you know, I, you know, they don't have a second receiver, the Packers. It's really, really difficult to see the Packers winning this game, certainly, but keeping this game close, man. So I agree with you at this point. I don't have a real good feel for the total, by the way, at 45. I mean, you know, the you know, first game was exactly 45, 37-8. So I, I don't personally have any play on that. But in terms of the spread, yeah, I mean, I, I and I'm not too worried, by the way, about where this is going. Like you said, it's not going to go to 10 or anything like that. So I, I don't feel the big rush to get in if the public somehow becomes, you know, Packers are a very public team. If the public somehow pushes this to six and a half, then I'd be all over it. So for me, I don't I don't feel all that crazy about going after it. I'll probably put some on it at seven for now, but I don't feel crazy about going nuts because if it goes to seven and a half, it goes to eight, whatever. Not that big deal for me but do you have any feeling on the total whatsoever no I'm with you I I won't be betting on the total at that number because I think I honestly think I mean it sounds like an easy answer but I honestly think it's going to be a very similar score to what the regular season game was just because I, I think their 49ers offense is just a lot better than the Packers defense and their defense uh, 49ers defense a lot better than the Packers uh, offense 37 to 8 in the regular season I think it's going to be similar I just don't see the Packers, I mean, the Packers, I think I think what they'll have to do on offense is they need to get Aaron Jones going, and they need to get him going early, and they need to get him going in more than just the running game as well. If they can get him in the pass, involved in the passing game a little bit, then that will take a little bit uh, of the pressure off Devontae Adams and not and them not having a second receiver that, that, that they can go to. So, I mean, it, and it's always hard to discount Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, obviously, but... Uh, no, I would stay away from the total just because I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a, a, a similar to what it was last uh, last game. So I think the 49ers are going to win by I don't think I, I think 49ers are going to win by a lot, and I don't think the Packers are going to score a lot of points. So yeah, I'll stay away from the total. Yeah, we uh, we view this game very similarly, and again, I, I really think that if the Saints had managed to beat the Vikings, that the Saints would have come into Lambeau and and beat them, and you know, pretty I you know, I, I think this was really the best that uh you know god i don't want to say it like this but it, it just feels like a 
like a fraudulent season a little bit yes. for the Packers, right? I, again, they're not a 13-3 and three team. They wind up drawing another team that's not all that good. You know, the Seahawks, as, as well as Russell Wilson gets them to play, they wind up getting a very favorable draw there. Uh, you know, they're, they're a decent team. They're a solid team. They're a playoff team, but they're not a team that deserved really a bye, you know, obviously for the reasons that we discussed. And they're not a team that I feel like is a Super Bowl caliber team. So I agree I with you. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I, will, I was just going to say, I will say something about the, about the Packers positive. There is something to say about just being able to squeak out these just dirty, grimy, close games. I mean, they do have a 13-3 and record. There is something you have to say for that. They didn't lose the close games. They, they managed to win these dirty, grimy, close games. So there is something to say for that. So if they can turn this into a slugfest with the 49ers, maybe Aaron Rodgers can pull it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. There's yeah. something to say for that. I, I don't want I don't want hate mail from Packers yeah. uh, fans or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. And I picked them early on uh, in our preseason episodes to win the division and everything like that. I love Aaron Rodgers. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, they're a, a very, very solid team, but I really do think that there is a class difference right now with the 49ers and the Packers. So I do see this line creeping up, sort of sounds like you do. Uh, and I'm not afraid to go after it because I don't think if they beat the 49ers, kudos to them. And I, you know, I'll, I'll eat crow because, it, you know, I, I really, really it's it's very difficult to see it happening. I could much it, to me, I could so much easier see the Titans beating the Chiefs than I could the Packers beating the 49ers in, in the way I that. see. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I say. Well, it should be fun. But that is it for today's show. Thanks a lot for joining me, Ian, especially on a Sunday night with very little time <laughs> to think about the games. Did a great job. Remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the main uh, area where you can find me is on Twitter at Ian Mac OS, I-A-I-N-M-A-C-O-S. Uh, also, uh, obviously, I work for Odd Shark. We also have a, a Monday to Friday live stream on YouTube. So just search Odd Shark on YouTube. It's called Guys and Bets. Uh, I'm on that from Monday to Thursday as well. So check that out. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on. I want to remind everyone about BetMGM, where you can get a risk-free $500 bet if you sign up for the BetMGM Sports app using our promo code HARRIS. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com to be entered into our Michael Thomas signed helmet giveaway. We'll be back on Thursday getting into some of our best bets for the championship round. I'll talk to you then. 